such a depressing lap dance. What the f- and the, the Vogue shit. What's going on? Yeah. There's the star of our first film, Rose McGowan. Yeah. She was a powerful hero in the first film. Let's see what happens in the Tarantino version. Now, there's the drug dealer. He's the pot dealer? Finally. So, this one's saying that my boyfriend stiffed me. Can you give me a ride home? And she's like, being creepy charmed by by uh Kurt Russell. It's 30, creepy. Yeah. But she's she's feigning being charmed cuz she needs a ride. Yeah. And the age difference is insane. Mm-hmm. You know? Like uh I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody. Well, sh- there's no Oh gosh. I guess I'm wrong. I want to tell you there's nothing sexual here, but that can't be if she's so sexy. But I mean, later they he even it says she even says to the girls, you know, there's no way I'm sleeping with him. I think you're right. Yeah. I think there's some sex, uh, some implied sex here. Yeah, and also I just think the age difference. Like, I mean, it would be I don't know. Maybe you could be a sophisticated gentleman who could talk to ladies of all ages. You know, like, oh, that guy was a gentleman. But but this guy's kind of creepy though. Yeah. And there we go. And she brings up the age difference when she says to the girls, I'm not sleeping with him. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. 12? I don't know. 14 pairs? I'd lost count. Of of feet? (laughs) Yeah. No action. None of this car stuff is um, CGI. Uh, Tarantino in one of the interviews says, um, CGI for car stunts doesn't make sense to me. How's that supposed to be impressive? I don't think there's any good chase since I started making films in 92. For me, the last terrific car chase was Terminator 2 and Final Destination 2. Final Destination 2, I haven't seen that one. Oh, Final Destination Uh, is a horrible film. Um, one, I don't see two. What's that? I saw the fun. There was one in 3D, and uh, they all go to a movie house that has 3D, and uh, it's real, like, uh, 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 they get attacked by real mechanism. It isn't just the effects. They're like, look out, here comes these spikes. It's like real spikes. <laughs> and you watch it, too. So, you know, so this movie is so long. We're half hour into it, and you're like, you got your drink. And then the popular comes, and they got to go smoke a ball, and it's like a fetishized pipe, no less, you know. Yeah, out you know, here he this says this is akin to a slasher film, but we don't see anything until forty-five minutes into the movie. That's when we see our first death. Well, I guess it's implied that these are the cheap movies that would drag it out, you know, drag out these things and kind of ostentatiously build up tension, but also to just kill time and not spend money on actual slasher shit. Right now, Mike is giving his credits as a stuntman, and nobody's ever heard of these shows. He has this weird thing where he always has some women who look like they're from the 90s. Like these three women with the glasses, uh-huh. and also if you're seeing – like don't they look like they should be at a 90s uh, coffee house? Just I know what you're saying, yeah. Start? Yeah. I mean this is like let's go to Borders and uh, read books for free. Sounds great, <laughs> you know. 
we could go to the magazine stand and read all the magazines for free. Whoa, can you imagine that? They don't care. Nope. This is like, he loves Austin. He's not in, he doesn't live in Austin, but he has a bar and he has friends. He's all, so if you ever see like Kill Bill, when they have the second one where they're at the bridal rehearsal, all the women look like they're from the 90s. I guess it's I have to see Kill style. Bill again. Listen, I did not enjoy Kill Bill at all. I just, I'm not a fan of these cartoon violence. And I mean, I did, I don't know, maybe I enjoyed it, but. What if it was a story about a man who gets a dog after his wife dies and he's driving around New Jersey. He just did a bunch of donuts in a, in a uh, airplane hangar yeah. and he's at a gas station and these Russian mob guys are like, we like your car. And the guy's like, okay. It's not for sale. back in Russian. Not for sale. And the guy says, everything's for sale, bitch. And he goes, not this bitch. Anyway, so the guy drives home with his dog, and he lives in New Jersey like we do. And the Russian guys come, and they beat the shit out of him and kill the dog. And once that the guy is actually uh, an assassin, former assassin. Did I miss anything? Uh, listen, I hate John Wick films. As a matter of fact, my son said, you got to see it, Dad. So I got John Wick 1, and I didn't watch the whole yeah. thing. I quit. And and John uh, Wick is I, wrong. You know, well, I mean, like, I, I agree with you that I do love those movies. And since I've been uh, sheltering in place, I have a lot of my library copies of the trilogy, so I've been watching them a lot more than I should. And they all have a very, like, it's like more stuntman-y movie. You know, it's like a comic book movie. And even in the commentary, they say this is a graphic novel kind of feel to it. So it's always about, like, All right, I don't know. Let the, me say the, my piece here about John Wick, and I might have already told you this before. John Wick's beef was not with the Russian mob. John Wick's beef was with this individual person who killed this dog. That's what I want to say. Yeah, the son. Yeah, he was way wrong to take on the mob. They had nothing to do with it. And the the mob boss who was on the phone with him in the beginning was saying, John, be reasonable. And John Wick wasn't. He was wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> so he kills the son, but then he spends like the last 30 minutes destroying the, his dad's empire, right? Like yeah, the last half 40 minutes. Yeah, they could have in the movie, like, you know, the guy who killed your dog is dead, dead. You know, this is the first film since Pulp Fiction he did in all those years that didn't win awards. Oh, yeah. Well, this is kind of considered, like, this and the, I guess uh, Hateful Eight people will say, ah, oh, that's not my favorite Tarantino, but those are the ones I like. I mean, I like this film and the fact that it's really weird, you know. Tarantino says of his collection of films, not that this is a bad film, he would never say something like that, but he says of his collection of films, this one is the worst one. Really? Didn't he see Once Upon a Time? Maybe because he didn't see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet. (laughs) That one wasn't so bad. Okay, Tarantino said Death Proof has got to be the worst movie I ever did. It's important to note that he was saying the worst movie I make, not saying that it was a bad movie, but that's the worst in his uh, biography. His opinion. This is what I mean. This movie is bad enough that we're doing a whole show about it. It's a bad movie. I mean, no, no bones about it. It's it's poorly done, and well, you know, it's interesting because it, it's it, yeah. Okay, the fact that it really, really, literally looks like 
a 70s film is great, right? I mean, he got that right with the bleached out color and the scratchiness and the fact that there's no CGI and the car crashes. Right now, uh, Kurt Russell is calling her out on, he said the poem he's supposed to say for the lap dance, by the way. Right. I see London. I see France. <laughs> I see Michael's <laughs> underpants. Woohoo! Here comes your lap dance, Robert Frost. It is Robert Frost, that's right. Yes. I remember yeah. being reading that poem, and it said, um, uh, well, the girls in France, well, they don't wear any pants, <laughs> but they do wear grass to cover up their ass. Robert Frost. Robert Frost. <laughs> Your lap dance will be well, fire. Some say ice. I actually, I learned this poem in, in uh, college, and the, the textbook that I had had an asterisk at the end, and it says, this poem will get you a free lap dance at Austin, Texas. <laughs> now, Another thing Tarantino ripped there was a call, Big Trouble in Little China in 1986. There's a white tank top from it hung up on the bar. but I can, And it's right to the right of the uh, Amy jukebox, but I can never find it. That's another John Carpenter, Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. Yeah. So he, his obsession for about Kurt, I mean, he's, Kurt's a good actor in all in the three movies he's been with them. But it's like, it's that John Carpenter uh, Kurt Russell is a creep in this movie, but he's doing his role. He's doing exactly what was he was cast yeah. to do. Well, he does exactly what the director wants him to do. He's oh, like, I want you to behave this way, and then I want you to behave that way. So this scene was not in the theatrical release. It was added to the DVD and the, the other releases. Well, it it's 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 rated the third most uh the most sexiest lap dance in a horror film by some magazine the internet thought that was important to tell me now number two ready takes Manhattan. yeah look at the jukebox there's a, a yeah, board and to the right of that is the tank top from big trouble in little china ah uh, perfect i'll get them Let's listen to the music. Why you gotta be so rude? I'm gonna no, marry that girl. Too. I'm gonna bury that girl. <laughs> bury her anyway. Bury her anyway. In my backyard. Mike, you know, I do, I mean, not currently, it's uh, COVID, but I do that on stage, that song. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I thought, I uh, agree. Anyway. Really, it's a sexy lap dance song too. So it is. It's like it's pleasurable. Actually, let's listen to the song again. Okay. I got a pocket full of quarters. I'm headed to the arcade. Got a Pac-Man fever. Pac-Man fever. Oh, look yeah. at that. Yeah. This is not in the theater theatrical release. <laughs> and it's just kind of deadening. It's just kind of like the way it's shot. It's just like deadening. There's those '90s chicks. That 90 takes. He's like, uh, where's my cappuccino? In Austin, 10 minutes. She's like an actress because she's like pretending, I'm not jealous. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Shelly. So, what, what's the t shirt she's wearing? Is it the Bay Bridge? Is it the Golden Gate Bridge? I Something interesting? 
don't know, but she's a Brooklyn person. I don't know that that would be her. Is it the Bay Bridge? Is he a Brooklyn person because of the way she left him? That's no, more of an East no. Coast black man. That's a female person. That's... Ooh. Like, oh, I guess there are people watching the last dance. Show us the t shirt, Quentin. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I forgot when we go to strip clubs, we always look at, watch TV or look at the stuff on the wall. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the music. Okay, that's all right. You keep promising. Yeah, we built this city. <laughs> we built this city. I just don't find that structurally sound. Now so we're gonna. Get they the, built the city. I'm not gonna sleep with him. Stuff. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. Well, this is Austin. It's not Hollywood. There you go. Go ahead. Are you listening? I'm listening. Oh, I, it froze up on me. Damn it. I got I got buffering, Carl. All right. So am I pausing? Yeah. Oh, this reminds me of the time I went to see Jackie Brown. I was on uh, Van Ness at the movie house. Mike. Mike. It's a Are you – Mike. So buffering. Okay. Yeah. I'm at 42.39, so – Count me up. Okay, I'm at 42. All right, 46, 36, 37, 38, 39. All right. Now let's listen. All right. Well, it's too late. Well, anyway, it's right. too late. They accused her of going to sleep with him, and then she was making all these reasons why she's not, including his age. So she's a good girl. Right. He's the guy from Disney's Miracle. You don't want to fuck him. Right. That, uh, I, don't know, I never saw Convoy, but one of the trucks has a, a little uh, thing on the hood like that. The duck. So Tarantino yeah. was one time drinking in a hotel with Sean Penn. And Tarantino oh, yeah. saying that he wants to buy a Volvo because he doesn't want to die in some auto accident like the one in Pulp Fiction. And Sean Penn said, you could give any car to a stunt team and for 10 grand, for 15 grand, they can death proof it for you. And that was the first time it started going around and round in Tarantino's head, death proof. He ripped it off of Sean Penn. Yeah, I was all ready to make a movie called Proof and start with Jack Nicholson and something terrible happens in four hours. Oh, boy. Now, so this is where the movie gets creepy, right? This is where right. finally an hour into the movie. This is Stuntman's Mike Stunt Car. So, you know, this car can withstand a crash. Uh... You know, this is the kind of car, like a NASCAR or something, it's built that if there's a crash, the driver won't die. He might get hurt, but he's not going to die. And so he's talking her into how safe she'll be because he won't be touching her knee trying to get fresh because she's in this little cage. 
but he doesn't say that it's not the passenger seat that's going to, you know, him will mention later. Yeah, because it's interesting. Like, that's another thing. Like, this is Austin, Texas. Like, just any city USA say there's going to be a guy like this with a car like this. It's just, you know, I, I mean, I guess that's the creepiness of it, but. And why isn't like he in Crystal. Hollywood if he's a former stuntman? Right. He's done all these 80s movies. They still have this car. Oh, here's the big. I was hoping you would say take a left turn. Right. If you take a left, we could go over to Nathan's hot dog, which is on the left side. But now we got to go over to Carl's a junior. And I hate that second kid of Carl's. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> now you have to get no, immediately. Yeah. And then now it looks like a 70s movie. Finally, something happens, and it's, and it's the hero of the first movie getting killed, the woman of the first movie. She was the hero, not that's... Rose McGowan? Isn't that Rose McGowan? Well, and, uh, and, uh... It is, and I got it wrong. Ow! Ow. Let me, let me check. Terrible. Hey, hey, hey Google, does Rose McGowan die in Death Proof? Damn fucking mini radio studio <laughs> voice assistant. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Like dizzy, bomb, you know, beat up. <laughs> and now she starts to plead, like, if you let me go, I won't tell anybody because this is just your funny joke, right? The audience is saying the same thing. Like, listen, you know, can you let us go? Yeah. This is just your funny thing. Yeah. So you said some people the were out. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there was some true heart. So part of it is that there was two movies in a row, and it came out on Easter weekend. And uh, so people were just kind of done. But not this scene, but when they cut to the second set of women and they start talking at a diner, yeah. people were just leaving. People were done. Wow. And then that, was, that was a scene where about two-thirds of the audience just left. It was empty by that point. And yeah, it just killed the, the headliner. Had to follow that. Can you believe it? He's like, what happened? Why'd you put that guy before me? Yeah. Boom! Ow! Ow! It's so terrible. Now I think that Quentin missed the the missed something here. I think what should have happened is that Rose McGowan dies in the crash itself. But maybe he wanted. Um to do you know a you know a double whammy right yeah well you, you show how sinister a guy named stuntman mike and then he has these stupid photos he gets rid of these photos so it's like no evidence that he knew about right. those girls he just threw them there by the crash definitely crash Crash. Oh, I don't know who she is. It's kind of blurry. Oh, look at the feet. Yeah, this is kind of gratuitous, too. So then we have like 17 and a half pairs of feet in this so far because there's only one bare foot being shown. They're fucking stoned and drunk. Yeah. And someone's going on and on and on about some 60s band of some celebrity. Hey, wait a minute. This song that they talk about, I think, are the sons of like the Rat Pack. So it's interesting to say that the uh, 
Principal Cheryl Ladd's daughter and Cindy Poitier's daughter are in this movie because they listen to a song of uh, celebrities' uh, children sing sing their own song. Let me see if I get that point. Now we're going to hear the Wilhelm scream when they crash. Oh, good old Wilhelm. Yeah. He said he should donate every all every royalty scream to charity. You know, he's making money off of agony. Like every time a song trooper gets shot by a laser beam. Oh, here's the song. Yeah, like Ricky Dicky Tiki and Dookie. Oh, here I'll I'll play the music. Why you gotta be so cool? Don't you know I'm into Cheryl Ladd's daughter. Her premiere was three years old on Charlie's Angels. Interesting. I left you a baby. Take care of it for the weekend. Right. What, Charlie? Yeah. Now, this is Austin, Texas, I guess, on on the outskirts. He's real sinister now. Like, he has a real rubber face in this movie, especially at the end where he turns into, like, why he coyotes, but here he's, like, sinister. Yep. Where the audience is like, come on, show the shot. And it's such a, like, I don't know, he he hates women in this, the villain, right? He hates these women. They kill him. Well, I think it's something sexual, because that's what the cops think, and there is a scene that they take out here. I'll tell you after the crash. The crash is horrific, and it's awful. I know, and then he, he fetishizes it because he shows you different angles and shots, you know, and I guess yeah. it's supposed to be like the old school film. Over and over, like he 80s. shows you the crash. Like an 80s film, something explodes three times, and there's different angles of the explosion in the end. But here it's like it shows the complete crash in one angle, and then the complete crash in the second angle, and the complete crash in the third angle. Yeah. On lights then I'm very Boom. There goes the leg. There's the warm leatherette. Warm leatherette. Feel the driving steel yeah. of the steering wheel on warm. That's the leg. And there it is. It's a dream. She closes her eyes. And, Not really. Yeah. No, it's just a tire to her face. So the head's still there. I guess you're right. Now, the scene that they took out head. here in which yeah. right now... Kurt Russell begins to masturbate. Interesting and gross. And it got cut. Okay, so this is the character from the first movie. Now they're in the hospital where the zombies attack. This is, of course, prior to. And her dad is a character from, from Dust of Dawn. Uh-huh. She's actual... So uh, the late Michael Parks is in this movie. His son plays his son, and his daughter plays his daughter. So there they are, the whole family, the Parks family. And he put Earl McGrath or whatever Graw, whatever he's supposed to play, he's in the beginning of From Dust to Dawn where he talks to the guy at the – did you see that movie? There's a gas station yeah, where he comes to the Dawn, bar. Yeah, From Dust and he's the sheriff. Right, and he says, like, don't eat at that place because the mongol he touches the food, I think it's the, it's the line. And he gets killed. The – Clint Tarantino and George Clooney shoots him and he catches on fire or whatever, and they blow up the gas station. So he's dead and from dust to dawn, but he shows up 
in Planet Terror, and then he shows up in the second movie. So this yeah. is the character from the first movie. Well, first okay, no, the, the son was the sheriff. This this son, James Parks, was the sheriff in Dust Till Dawn yeah. 2, and he gets killed. Yeah, uh, Texas Blood Money. And then in From Dust Till Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter, Michael Parks plays Ambrose Burch of The Devil's Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? As, as one would know. So, yeah, and Parks was, I don't know, like, he was this, I've never seen the TV shows they keep referencing about this guy. Like, he was in the six, a lot of 60s stuff, and he's in a hippie, uh, pretty cool, extensive little film where he's a young Michael Parks, but I've seen him in Tough, I've seen him in uh, Red State, and I've seen him in these movies. And Kill Bill, these two were the ones in Kill Bill that show up to the church massacre. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to mention, let me see if I could find it. There's, there was an article in Screen Crush. Uh, AV Club recently talked about Death Proof, and they mentioned this article, and I went and took a look. And he's saying, like, re-watching Death Proof after hearing the news about Uma Thurman's car crash and Kill Bill. Uh-huh. I don't know if you – so Uma Thurman opened up to, I guess, New York Magazine, but she said, you know, she talked about Harvey Weinstein and how he treated her, and he also brought up that in Kill Bill 2, she was in a car crash. Like, Clint Tarkino wanted her to do her own stunt, and it's the second hour, and she just met Michael Parks, the pimp, uh, that's what reminded me. And she drives off and she hits a tree or something, or there's a crash. Mm-hmm. And he wanted her in the shop, not a stunt person. And she did it, and she actually got into a crash in a tree, and she had the permanent, she had pain, permanent pain, or like some spine injury. Oh. And they, you know, and that was the last film they did together. Although Uma Thurman's kid shows up in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So the Screen Crush article is great. If you have a chance to read it, it's... Uh, says that, like, how can you watch this film knowing what he did to Uma Thurman, you know, like, knowing what happened, how does that change your view of this film, where these Mm -hmm. women get killed like that, at his, leaving his bar? Pretty negatively. Yeah, I agree. Talking over Michael Parks, that's probably the best part. Like, this guy, this whole feature, like you're saying, like, the sick buckskin and all, not in my case. That's right. He's going, I'll make sure it never happens in Texas again, but it's he's letting him go, essentially. Yeah, and then he goes to Tennessee. Now, this is the only Qu- Quentin Tarantino film that's in order, chronological order, and has no flashback in it. Oh, yeah. That's probably why it failed. There's no chapter, chapter one. Uh, Jungle Julia, chapter two. Yeah, right. They go to a phone. Quentin's place. Yeah, it's a nice little long dialogue. And this is, you know, up. Oh. Womp womp. Womp womp. 14 months 14 later, months so we're later. in chronological order. Right. There's still Placard showing the, uh, Captain Placard showing the, the time. So this scene was not in the theatrical release at all. All this shit. There's the potheads. Uh, yeah. Uh, built Although I do want to go to, to Circle A and get some big red cola. That looks pretty good. <laughs> Maybe some big tackle. This is where, like, when I watched the DVD after seeing the theatrical release version, I said, what am I watching? This is so cartoonish. Like, this whole scene, like, like the, his character keeps changing. Like, he gets softer and more ridiculous and more powerless. And, like, he loses his cool with these guys. But what he does here is just so, you know, well, he loses his cool after he gets shot. 
Right, right in a big way. But the fact that he goes and licks the guy, her uh, ninth and a half pair of feet, they're going to lick those feet in this. Well, he touches with his hands, her feet. You notice how we're in black and white now? Yeah. Well, he did that in Kill Bill where the fight scenes are black and white because they used to to censor the film with a lot of blood. They would turn Uh the film to black and white. But this might just be like a cheap, like, this movie's so cheap they did it. I should mention something. There is a movie called Stunt Rock, which I saw on TCM Underground. When I first saw this movie, I said, how can this film be a 70s uh, homage where a stunt woman from, like, uh, you know, down under plays herself? She there does. was a movie in the 70s called Stunt Rock where a Australian uh, stunt man plays himself going to L.A., doing stunts and rocking out with a uh, theatrical D&D metal band. Like, they would do these, like, theatrical stage presentations. So it would be, like, live kiss wannabes and then the stuntman doing stunts in L.A. So there was a president. There was an actual Grindhouse movie with a Australian stuntman playing himself. So, you know. Now, she didn't know. Quentin Tarantino was like, I want to cast you in a film as an actress, not just a stunt person. And she had no idea. She thought she would just be some extra or cameo. She didn't know herself until she saw a mocked-up movie poster of the movie that she was going to be a star. Now, who are we talking about? We're talking about the stunt woman, um, uh, Zoe Bell. Yeah. Yeah. She was the uh, Kill Bill. She was uh, Uma Thurman's stunt lady, stunt person. Yeah. Which that screen, uh, screen Crush article keeps going off about. Like, well, he could get an Uma, but he got the stunt woman. You know, like, but. So this whole scene is ridiculous. This is like, this looks like New Jersey to me. Just hanging outside the big A. Maybe get a fountain drink or a hot coffee. It looks um, like Jersey, not North Carolina. What? Because, I mean, because of clerks or something? Because hanging out in front of, like, the all-night 24-hour store is, like, any state USA. You're right. And also it says bait and tackle. I don't think that's Jersey. Yeah, you're right. Maybe the, the fishing counties. Yeah, look at it. All right, he's going to touch the feet. That's how he licks it. Maybe in the version I have. Got to get a gratuitous coffee shot in there. Love drinking coffee. I like a pack of big red cigarettes with a coffee. The Quinter so movie creepy. after all. And why wouldn't a yeah, cigarette be smelled? Or the other woman in the car noticed, be noticed, noticed the guy. Oh, sorry. I dropped my pencil. More seconds of the feet. Oh, you're right. It's not the time. There must be one person who said, thank you, Clintino, for this movie. I finally can... Uh... Yeah, she doesn't even check. Yeah, there's cigarettes left. Coincidentally, she's wearing a mask. Yeah, see, I told you, he's going to lick the foot. There you go. I guess he licks live on his finger and then rubs it on her foot. Here are my keys. Yeah, classic. 
There's that pencil. Oh, there's my upskirt camera. It was on the ground the whole time. It was under your desk the whole time. <laughs> now, this actress in the front seat. Um, uh, Mary Elizabeth. I never can remember her name. Uh, Mary Elizabeth. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winsteed. And the reason I recognized her face is because of Die Hard. She played Lucy, the daughter, in the same Die Hard film oh. that came out in 2007. Yeah, and she is in Birds of Prey. She is, uh, I guess, the kid called the Crossbow Killer. Mm -hmm. That's not my name, but the Huntress. <laughs> and she's in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, she's great in that. Yeah, she's great. Like, if she's in, no, oh, you know what? They ever see that Cloverfield movie, the second one? She's really good in that. And then there's Rosario Dawson, who's in a lot of good stuff. Yeah, so the second set of women are, are uh, I guess, a better set pair of actors. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Now, we know this woman, Rosiar Rosario Dawson. We know her yeah. from Men in Black. <laughs> And um, we also know yeah. her from that Clerks 2 kind of film. Um, yeah. But for me, I think it was called... <clears throat> she was in a movie that almost nobody knows. It's called Eagle Eye, 2008. Did you, did you see Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, and uh, Michelle Monaghan, right? I think she's in that. I love that film. Have, uh... oh. Well, the oh, computer, it's, it's AI right and it thinks that yeah. the, the government is a threat to the government so it up oh, we're in color it's again it's the kill bill color yeah that's super please this is what i mean about quentin tarantino he's so into himself he pay he he puts he pays homage to himself in all his films with the same cigarette brand and and uh you know all these references to it's it's like it's well, its own it's little a, bubble but okay well, that's the thing so the sixty four thousand dollar question is what does it signify ultimately what does it signify it just goes up his own ass yeah but I, I guess it's the universe but that's the thing like uh, from dusk to dawn was vampires. So Earl McGray is not in the, he, you know, Tarantino is blathers about how he has a movie universe where like, what kind of movie would the Reservoir Dog guys see? They would go see From Dust to Dawn. Yeah. So From Dust to Dawn is a movie zombie, so it's not true. And even the, the Rodriguez movie beforehand is about zombies, say. So that's not true, but it has that the, the characters in it. And so they show up, he shows up in this. Oh, there's shock cinema. Look at this. Well, fucking 7-Eleven has shock cinema. That's the right. I always this read. This is Tarantino's world. Yeah. So she goes, get Allure, because I'm in Allure this month. Right. There she is. She looks great. Very professional. None of this is in the theatrical release. Can you imagine watching, like, one movie and then have to watch this scene? Yeah, capital W is Red Apples for Ladies. They're for women. <laughs> so now... Uh, he's like, hey, I've got Italian, you know, I've got other magazines, fashion magazines back here. I've got Italian Vogue. Right, which they do in Lebanon, Tennessee, all the time. 
Like you go to any gas station, they always have in the back an Italian Vogue. He drops Italian Vogue right now. She stops in her tracks and turns. This month's copy. Meanwhile, there's like a, a rack of chew, like that. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what fucking liquor store has a an Italian Vogue in Shock Cinema in Lebanon, Texas? Uh, well, that's what uh, Lucy McLean says here. And he goes, no, it's his personal collection. He's got it behind. He's selling it for $21. We're splitting it three ways. Oh, oh really? They're going to pay $8 a piece? That's a ripple. <laughs> so I should just tell you a little something about these cars. The front, the front plate on Stuntman Mike 70, so, 70 Nova has the same characters as the 68 Fastback Mustang driven by Steve McQueen in Bullet. Oh, all right. I duly noted. It's a San Francisco film with one of the greatest car chases ever, Bullet. Did you? No, I see that movie. I I watched that movie like a dozen times. I love that film. It's a great film. It's not just the car chases. They go over to like uh, Grace Cathedral. I mean, there's some there's some cool shots in the old Mercadero Freeway is uh, where the apartment is. He's keeping the the witness at. Plus, Steve. So the older scene is a badass, you know. This scene here is really gratuitous. It's like I feel like they just shot it for the trailer. Like you see this in the trailer, and you go, "I want to see this film." And then when you see the film, it's like just this the wholesale scene from the trailer just thrown in there. I guess it's his pattern. He first takes pictures of the girls that he wants to kill. Uh, now we're back to the release. So, uh, none of that, that's such a long film. Why did we have to watch them go take a Wikipedia gas station? Before I know, and this whole long thing of... Okay, so they've picked up Zoe from the airport, and Zoe's playing herself. And I'm not clear if she's from New Zealand or Australia. Uh... He's from Australia. See, that's the thing. Obviously. When they're in the diner, he's, she says you're from Australia, and she goes, you never call a person from New Zealand from Australia. I don't know. Then she's like, just kidding. No, I'm from Australia, I is. And I, I just can't tell what's the truth. Of course, I should have reached They go to a liquor store. They advertise the most obscure stuff like GOGs. And they go and they buy it. They, you know, like, they don't stop and buy a Coca-Cola. It's always the weird brand they make. But they did drop Red Bull, remember? Uh, It sounds like you saw this film. Geo Juice is the fake one, but Red Bull was real. Oh, that's true, at the bar, right? Oh, no, they were drinking Red Bull. Yeah, you're right. Uh, She goes, get me cigarettes and Red Bull. And they're, like, out of Red Bull. They have Geo Juice. Was uh, why is Tarantino making us get to know these people in the same manner than the person? Because it's a dream. It's a dream. It's this is how dreams go. It's just, you know, you have a long story about people you don't really know or care. They have a horrific death after an hour, and then you repeat. Your brain just kind of regenerates it, and then we see the same exact thing. It's not even just them driving. It's them driving to the place where they're going to sit and keep talking. 
I should also let you know that uh, the 69 Charger has the same American racing vectors on the General Lee from Dukes of Hazard in 79. It's oh. also a 69 Charger. Huh. Oh, very cool. And the 69 Dodge Charger is the same model car in bullets. Um, huh. You know what? I wish I knew. I take it back about this movie. Now that you told me that, it really helped this film. <laughs> I'm running out <laughs> of things to say about the film, so I'm trying to get to the stuff I didn't well, I know. Have. I know. That's what you did. So, listen, our, our show is called Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. There's some movies where it helps to have someone in the room with you. So we'll watch this movie together. We'll make it through. Some worst movies you can't sit through by yourself, but maybe you can, you know. I don't know. I'm going to run out of things to say in an hour or two. Yeah, really. Right now they're doing a bunch yeah. of sex talk. Uh, they, they, You know, she wants to know who's getting it and how's, you know, what are the stories. She wants the dish. And we're learning about, you know, um, we're, we're learning that she's not sleeping with this guy so that she can be a girlfriend and not just some hussy. Um, you know, uh, is this Christian character. And she's mad because she he slept with somebody else on her birthday. I don't know. It's just blah, 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 blah. We don't need to know this. I don't know. Well, it's funny because, like, what happened to Christian Simonson or whatever the guy that she, the first pair, uh, first lady was, uh, Shingle Julia was texting. Well, we never met him at all. Uh, there was a phone call. There was some texts. It had nothing to do with the story. It didn't even like set her up to be grouchy, which led to something else. It was just gratuitous, just for no reason. What? Well, no. And now we're doing it again with these guys. They're just yep. talking about boys. Yep. Yeah. And they say yeah. stuff like, "He's sleeping with a stunt." The with um, he slept with Uma Thurman's stunt double, and the joke is that's what Ooh. Zoe was playing. So right. Tarantino's eating himself again. Yeah, Paul played itself. All right. Well, we got a couple more minutes before they get to the diner, I guess. It's the next exit. It's the next exit. Oh, you missed it. All right, well, take the next exit and then take a left and then go under the underpass and go back out to the freeway. Yeah. And then uh, when you see the next, the previous exit, get off of there and then circle back so we're going eastbound again. 45 more minutes of this film. I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I know. People were leaving. Like, by the time they got to the diner, the last of the people left. And it was even the baby walked out. The baby crawled out of it. Yeah. Size. He's like, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> the baby for Planet Terror. I did that joke on stage, and uh, it only lasted like one weekend because, you know, no one really could. It, it was the moment it passed. Yeah. But the original theatrical release version with the two movies edited the way they were and the movie trailers has never been officially released. Right? Oh. Like, I've never seen the DVD. Well, you can't go to Hulu and see it. You know, I mean, Netflix has The Hateful Eight as a miniseries where they kind of drag it out with opening credits and added maybe a couple more minutes of scenes. But this this is the part where, like, people left. But if you watch, you can see Stuntman Mike. So without that's the whole right. foot fetish thing, this is the first time in the, in the second half of the movie in the theater where you see the stuntman and you go, oh, he's going after it. That camera stuff was added later. That was never in the original Oh, I right see. House. 
Well, he talked. So this is the first time. So let's watch Mike now. What? One more person. There it is. Yeah. See, he's it, watching them. There he is. Black shirt. And he's going to disappear, by the way. So this is like. Yeah. So this is the first connection to the first half of the movie is that he shows up. But people were leaving. I remember people the, leaving. The, the phone. You see, that all wasn't added later. It was the other way around. Okay, so here's Tarantino talking about it. On the editing of Death Proof, there's a half an hour difference between my Death Proof and what's playing in the grindhouse. I was like a brutish American exploitation distributor who cut the movie down almost to the point of incoherence. I cut it down to the bone and took off all the fat to see if it still could exist, and it worked. An extended 127-minute version of Death Proof was screened in completion at the 60th Cannes Film Festival. It works great as a double feature, but I'm excited, if not more excited, about actually having to see the world see my Death Proof unfiltered. So, two hours and 127 minutes, that's two hours. Yeah, so the Grindhouse one was just over, he said it was 30 minutes more, so that means it was 90 minutes, 90 minutes in the Grindhouse. Oh, it, must, it, must have been, it must have been 78 minutes. I mean, it, it didn't have the lap dance, it didn't have the giant Vogue scenes at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. But you're right. No, you're absolutely right. It must have been about 90. I think they both did almost about, but they both did like, I don't know, because there was a lot of scenes that are on the DVD for Planet Terror that wasn't in the Grindhouse either, so it kind of filled out itself to 97 minutes, but uh, a lot of the scenes were cut. But this is all fat. Like, what's he talking about? I cut out the fat and just gave him bones. This is well, not, this now is like the pet peeve the of yours, now she's telling yeah. about how she got the Tennessee newspaper in New Zealand or Australia. You You don't like that. All right, so the whole point of this is that she's a stunt woman. She's fat from Australia, let's just call it. And she says, when I'm in Australia, I knew we were going to be, I would be shooting a movie in Lebanon, Texas, Tennessee. So I subscribed to the print edition of the local Lebanon uh, Daily Sentinel, and it was sent to my house to Australia, mailed this newspaper every day, because I go into the car classified the you know the automobile classified you know daily newspaper uh if you don't believe me go walk to the store and wait in line and get one and then uh or stay indoors and then uh, have it delivered so she has it delivered and she sees what she's looking for the 1970s blah 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 the white car from that pompous movie from 1970 uh vanishing point vanishing point uh, yeah it was a primal scream album and they had a song called vanishing point vanishing point so She's saying, I found the guy who has this exact car, and I want to go get it, and he happens to live right by the chute. Right. Or no, in a deserted farm. And, and we should also mention that Mary Elizabeth has been wearing a cheerleader costume this whole time, but she's not a cheerleader. She's just wearing it because she's an extra, or that's her character's theme. Right. And there's – this movie, which is what this says. It doesn't – yeah, so – I went and looked at the trailer of Vanishing Point after seeing this film, and it looks pretty good, Mike. Well, if it's on, I've seen it a couple of times. It's, it's not, you know, there's a Brinsky Point and Vanishing Point, and uh, there's another car movie. I think Vanishing Point is the one where this guy does a cross the country road trip, and uh, Cleveland Little, the DJ, who's like, he made it across, Kaczynski. Yeah. He made it. He made it to another state, and you know, some uh, practical stunts. 
So yeah, this whole thing is one take in the shot. So we've seen some in like twice so far. Yeah, I, uh, do you miss these I I keep waiting for the camera to pan around again, and I think he's he's he disappears. He goes out. He finishes his meal, I guess. Yeah, looks like a restaurant with a homemade sign put there. Please don't steal our yogurt. Oh yeah, so she found a newspaper. So one day I get you know. By the way, I've been spending three hundred dollars to get this newspaper sent to Australia, and then lo and behold, here's the car ad. Oh wait, turn on the sound. Yeah. Turn on the sound. Turn on the sound. Oh, she's so, from Auckland, New Zealand. She said, "Okay, so she is <laughs> from New Zealand." Okay, thank you. So it's it's settled. He was rocking and reeling in Auckland, New Zealand. She plays Prince, herself. My princess. Yeah, and I was pissed off because I was like, "Wait a minute!" There was an Australian, you know, like it doesn't make. I never heard of any seventies movies that has a stunt person playing themselves, and sure enough, there was. And the guy was from Australia, so I've always walked that back. And there's stuff I learn every time I watch this movie. I mean, Zoe Bell's good in this movie. Yeah, I think so. There's yeah. some bad acting in this one part. I just don't believe their conversation is genuine. But other than that, I think that it, she does a really good job. And I, I don't think it's yeah. her fault. I think it's the chemistry between the two uh, actors. Hey, there's guy from Blues Travelers. Okay, let's see if Mike's <laughs> gone. Nope, Mike's still there. <laughs> Yeah, he's not gonna turn around though. I'm having some eggs. Oh, oh no, he's done now. He's paying his leaving. Thanks, buddy. Check it out. Beat in the bear, season two, episode four. Yeah, that BJ was my truck. Bear. Did VJ bring the bear? Did the bear bring the VJ? That joke never gets old. Oh, I can go for some coffee. Look at the coffee in the back. That looks great. Yeah, I, I got was to get a BJ it. from Bear. I lost my dick. <laughs> Don't ever try no, it. I thought it was a thing. Well, I, mean, I thought it was a thing. Oh, BJ is uh, named after uh, – no, the, he names the monkey the bear because it's named after a famous football coach, his nickname. All right, so here we go. This is another thing that drives you crazy. This actor was in Kill Bill. He was the rapist in the beginning. My name is Buck. Uh -huh. And uh, I believe he's the actor in Valley Girl. Like, he's the uh, the boyfriend. Wait, this but guy is my name say, is Buck. I like to F. It's that guy? Yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah. So he already played a, uh, he played a rapist in the movie. So they say, here's the car. For collateral, we'll leave my friend who happens to be dressed like a cheerleader. As now, look, this is Tarantino always does this thing where it's looking down into the trunk, and this time yeah, he right. did it from the hood. Well, there was a rat in the engine, so he didn't want to do it from the. Oh, right, he did it from the hood to the trunk. Gotcha. There was a rat in the engine. That's why it it has a rattle. Yeah, you know, if you never drive your car because you've been sheltering in place, you got to check your car for like rats and sleeping cats and like. That's a Frisco problem. <laughs> this is the same. Well, yeah, the, 
This is the scene I was talking about. It's their dialogue is very forced and it just doesn't seem like it's a genuine conversation. Oh my god. Right? Well, I don't know. And this is talking about the the mask the half mask or the kooky mask or the Yeah, in which she uh, sits on the hood of the car as it's driving with uh hanging on to a belt. Now, from the time they start getting chased by Kurt Russell until it ends, it's twenty right. minutes. Ridiculous. Ridiculous? Or we have to wait twenty minutes to see it. Uh let's see here. Yeah. From the from the time the girl's challenger initially takes off to where stuntman Mike's challenger rolls over, thus ending the chase, the total elapsed chase sequence is twenty minutes and eleven seconds. So Yeah, people Yeah. Okay, so the part in which she's on the hood isn't twenty minutes. I just think that part is really long and unrealistic. Not that we're going for realism, right? But right. Well, think of the circumstance. So she gets a newspaper from New Zealand, uh, from Tennessee, that says, "Here's a car from Vanishing Point." They drive over. They use uh, uh, their friend dressed as a cheerleader as as kind of a, a collateral. And then they said, I only want this car to do this crazy stunt. They said, uh, no, I'll rub your feet. Okay, da-da-da. Yeah, it better I'll be, be a good foot rub. Yeah, I'll be your slave. And then uh, they do it, and then suddenly Wile E. Coyote from the first hour of this movie shows up from Lebanon, Tennessee, and, and chases after them. And we're like, that's a great chase. I said, what an artificial, inorganic way to say this. To get this chase that exists, you know, like, you could, why uh, go through all this? You know, I see must you know, Final Destination two. Oh no, death is chasing me, and I'm on the roof. You know, and yeah. that's it. That's the only. Reason. Don't need it. But this one is like so convoluted. So yeah, this whole thing has kind of a rapey vibe to it, creepy vibe. And they're gonna leave her friend there, and he walks up like yeah, waist level while she's sitting. It's a really bad form of them to sacrifice their friend. Yeah, I mean, we don't really see her ever again. She doesn't come out of the car and kick the some in Mike's ass at the end. That's right. She's not in the final. So, um, next time we see her, she's, um, uh, Lucy, uh, what's his name? John, John, what's his name in Diamond? John Goodman. John McClane. Yeah, yeah. Lucy McClane is the next time we see her, so I guess she lived. Yeah, she marries uh, Justin Long, if I believe correct. Who did she marry, Justin? Justin Long Long from those uh, Mac and PC ads. Right? Isn't that... I don't know. No. No, I think he's the son. That would be... Oh, that's gross. That would be incest. He has a son, I think. I, I looked up... Okay, I did look up these people, but I don't know. I'm not interested. So I didn't write down to – I was interested in the stunt uh, woman. And Rose uh, – let me just – let me pull up these names so I'm talking. Okay, I, w- I researched uh, Cheryl Ladd's daughter because that was interesting. And she was in Saved by the Bell, an episode – 
Yeah, here's your coffee, the uh, uh, screech. Right, and she was in 1999's Never Been Kissed with um, that child actress. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't find bad. much interesting about these people. So, and I blamed Quentin Tarantino for that. Oh, you know that these people. Are, well, I mean, like that some people don't get roles after being in their movies. I mean, <laughs> no, some I'm people just like that. Like, t- right now, the whole thing about them talking her into talking to the guy and using what's-her-name as collateral, it's just, it doesn't serve the plot. It's not great on its own that we should be interested in watching this. So I just sort of right. didn't look these people up because Quentin Tarantino made them duds. Yeah, well, even like the first set of actors, the the women in the first half of this movie, like a lot of them, I don't see in other stuff. I don't see them in other movies, you know. Yeah. And I feel like maybe this movie kind of kind of set back some people. Well, Cheryl Ladd's daughter went away, and uh, yeah. Vanessa Furlolo, she did CSI in two thousand seven. She went away after this film. Of course, she had a child. Uh, Sidney Poitier's child went away. <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't say right, this film yeah. killed their careers. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Oh, so she has the magazine this week. Okay. I just guess they... Um, and he, she says it's a porno. Right. So this is thank God we had this the pothead uh, uh, scene because you, you have no reason why she's reading Allure. Why? What do you mean uh, by that? Well, because when I was in the theater, I was like, "What's with the magazine? What was the origin story? How? What? What sort of community story did it get from?" The cheerleader the is cheerleader. in it, and she's he's going to show Buck. Oh right, yeah, I got you. I remember. Now, in fairness yeah, to her, she doesn't know that Buck likes to fuck. But it's uh, unfortunate to, uh, to Quentin Tarantino fans. We recognize that he used the same actor for a guy who played a rapist. Yeah. And he puts him in this circumstance. So, and in fact, it's funny because it's not funny, but in Planet Terror, there's a movie beforehand. Quentin Tarantino plays a rapist in the Robert Rodriguez movie. You know, uh, that's a real theme of your show, Mike, I gotta tell you. And there is no Star Trek connection. There's always a rape connection. You pick our movies. Okay, here we go. Here's the scene. Speaking of which, this is what I want. See, look, she sees him waste. You don't see his face. It's just his crotch. Yep. And then she says, go. Here we go. The dialogue they just gave is from a fame, is from a commercial from Ronco. Um... It's just another inside Tarantino joke. And the Simpsons did it. I have Mr. Microphone. That's I will pick correct. you guys up later. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Like, Microphone, you're, you're exactly right. Hey, good looking. Those things are great. I, you know, if you live next to the Flanders, you can pretend you're down on the radio and they can walk up the walls. It's a neat trick. Yeah. But listen. Don't drop them in a well, because then you're gonna it'll say property of Bart Simpson on it, and you being Bart Simpson, you have to go to the well to pick it up, and then you actually fall into the well. 
Now, this is kind of good because this is her being scared to do it. She's never scared to do it until the second she's about to do it. And she still forces herself to do it. And I bet you this is autobiographical of her real experience. She's about to do a stunt. It's no problem at all. She's been preparing for the stunt. She's all ready to do the stunt. And then just the second before she's going to do it, she's like, am I stupid? <laughs> right. By well, the you way, guys are standing in the By the way, they, what? It's stupid to have a conversation in the middle of the road because then a car might come and hit you. So, yeah, they answer your question. Anyway, so by the way. You see the pumpkin fields? Uh, what yeah. I was saying, by the way, is Quentin Tarantino planned for a stunt woman to be part of this. And Zoe was like, why you want to do that, mate? I is a stunt woman, <laughs> I is. Classic Kiwi uh, dialect. Yeah, we never see Mary Elizabeth again. No, we never do. Meep, meep. What was that? But the thing is, they're all they're all girlfriends. She wouldn't really set her friend up to get raped. You know what I mean? Like I I think right. she maybe incorrectly. Thought it was be okay. Yeah. But then, all right. Okay, I agree. And then she lets her friend ride on the roof of the car, the hood of the car. Well, okay. The whole scene where I said it wasn't believable was the yeah. one lady telling the stunt lady, this is crazy. You said we'd never do it. You promised. And then the second part was the conversation in which um, uh, – Rosero Dawson promised she could only come in the car with them if she didn't give them any flack about what they were doing. She was like, you can't leave me here. I want to come on the... Uh, so, yes, she lets her friend ride on the, on the car. Oh, did you see that Neato cut? Like, it's a grind. Yeah, but we're too long. Yeah, I'm done with Nito cuts. This movie's an hour and a half already. Enough yeah, with the, enough. the gimmick of the yeah. yeah, yeah, enough already. The thing is, we should straight here to this scene. At least it's some action. It involves our villain. Yeah. He essentially does it. It's like kind of like you know, you weigh the slow burn or like you know, catch and release type of self pleasuring, where you have like you have to sit through 40 minutes of dialogue so you can get to this scene. So this is exciting, but it doesn't make any sense why she's in this circumstance. She's not making money, but then again, she's a stunt woman, so she has to be excited by this sort of thing. So yeah, I guess they, it makes sense for uh, character. Yeah, but why would she – I mean, like, she just wants to do it. That's like stunt rock mentality. Like, I'm just going to do it in, a, in an open set. Like, can't you go to a closed course? I don't know how many times have I seen a car commercial where it says professional – in a closed course. Right. That's why you could try out this shit, and then if there's an accident, you land on, like, a, I don't know, Afro AstroTurf or something. Yeah, none of this is CGI. This is all real. Quentin Tarantino yeah. <clears throat> said that this would not be an impressive scene if you knew. I mean... 
Yeah, like the Fast and the Furious does kind of But it's not impressive if it isn't real. Now, is it real that the fucking stuntman Mike just happens to be waiting for them outside? Like, he knew they were going to go down this road? That's He isn't following them. No, there he is. He's like Wiley Coyote. He's got the binoculars. Doink, meep, meep, doink. Yeah, just there they are. And an open road, no less. Yeah, now he gets dumber. But not until he gets shot, Mike. No, but even, like, he was scary, like, when he was going off on roads. Like, the way he looked at her, he was hard. Now he's just, like, kind of smiley, like, I'm going to go play a back nine type of goofy dad. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Like, his facial features lighten up until he gets scarcely cartoonish. Like, he's having a good time, too, running these women off the road. He isn't doing it kind of as a hate plot. He's more like, ha-ha, I'm a dick. Well, he's like a murderer. He's like, it's terror. Yeah. Terror to a ducky. Yeah, there we go. But it's not a fatal kick. Well, I guess he's not intentional. He's just giving a little low tap. Well, part of it is the terror, right? He wants to fuck with them. Yeah, you're right. So he, he's tailgating. Can you believe that? He must be from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, right. As if the country doesn't tailgate. <laughs> well, there's one particular state that tailgates. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's tailgate always cars. a myth. Like, oh, Connecticut drivers suck. You know, every, dri- if every state has, like, or the beautifulest women are from New York. You know, there's beautiful women everywhere. Look, she's got no strap now, and it's not, and it's it's not CGI. I'm sure it's yeah, well, done so responsibly, after, but getting back to that screen crash, that do you think this movie would have been made if the Uma Thurman uh, revealed what happened sooner? Like, if this, that story didn't come out until like ten, fifteen years, later, I think it would be have perfect. been made. Yes, I think that. That wouldn't have bothered Quentin, and I, I would just think that was a mishap one time. Yeah, you're right. Look, she kicked his car. Get out of here. That's crazy. Now, right about now is the time in which this should end. It's just not realistic that it's going on and on. Why isn't the right. you know, vanishing point car slowing down, letting her get off, you know? I know they're being chased, but... I kind of miss Fast and the Furious. I mean, those movies were more fun because you got the computer-generated, the CGI effects, like, smash! They'll have, like, some kind of popular music playing, as, as those movies tend to do. Wheels World Race. Okay, so here comes a scene that I feel is another inorganic, like, false note, is that they're in Tennessee, and there's a drive-in in the middle of nowhere where there's no cars, and they have a sign, and it's two Weinstein movies, including one that takes place in Australia. It's uh, Wolf Creek and... Uh, yeah. Uh, now, Quentin Tarantino yeah. loved Wolf Creek. As a matter of fact, he considered the star of Wolf Creek uh, fr- for this movie. Again, he was oh, unavailable. Oh, The Old Man? Have you seen Wolf Creek? It's a creepy movie. No. Um, I, I wouldn't 
Australian horror classic Wolf Creek 2005, one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite horror films. In fact, when he production of Death Proof in its earliest stages, he briefly considered main actor of Wolf Creek, John Jarrett, as stuntman Mike. Well, he plays a creepy guy. Like he's, The story is that there's this couple, a young 20-something couple, a millennial couple, they're, they're Australian. I think they're in the Outback. They're, they're Australian, and they meet a fun, fun guy, and he uh, lets them stay at his place, and they wake up, and that's like 45 minutes. It's the same yeah. kind of premise as this. It's a build up. So he was, he's ripping off a movie. He's ripping off Wolf Creek. Oh. So then the guy wakes up, and he's tortured to death, and the guy's going to torture her, him. And he, so it becomes a, uh, like a torture porn film, you know, uh, torture porn. So, yeah. They're a nice couple. They meet a nice man. They stay, drink with him, and when they wake up, he's torturing them. I'm not a fan of those kinds of movies, but Tarantino loves them. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Well, Eli Roth had a Hostel and Hostel Part Two, which is the same premise. You get to watch these guys eat other people. Yeah. Literally you know, this is still room. going on even after he got spun off the road. That was the time to slow down and let her get in the car. You know. Look how dangerous this is, man. That's another thing. Like Jackie Chan does some crazy stunts, and a lot of times it's him doing it. But they're more entertaining. They're more like, yeah, he looks straight into the camera. Fuck you. Fucking it's a game of cartoon character. He doesn't know that she has a gun, and he's like, he's saying, that was fun. And he's about to get a rude surprise. Yeah, nice. Right now he's gonna become softer again. He goes super soft and he he becomes vulnerable and suddenly, you know, he's the the hunted and I don't know, it's just it seems weird after watching these women get malt you know, first hour and a half of this hard ass and he just completely turns on a dime in the second half. Well, he's shot and he pours vodka uh alcohol on his wound and his wound does. Now look, the stunt lady, I'm okay! <laughs> if this was John Wick, he just had to go knock on the door of the, the doctor from the Continental. And, uh, you know, he goes, I can't let you in. Five o'clock, you're gonna, no, I can't let you in. It's almost five o'clock. That was a close oh, one, it was. Oh my God. Now, they're responsible, unlike the Fast and Furious, that if you land on your tires, you're okay. Right. They're teaching our to be reckless on the road because they can be on their tires. (laughs) Yeah, all you have to do is roll down a hill, and as long as your car keeps flipping over and lands on the tire, you'll be safe and you can drive the car. Because you're right side up. That's right. And you just go rev the engine going. If it's upside down, it'll be a couple seconds. You might have blood dripping. Things might flash. And then you crawl out. She got her weapon. Uh, I got to stick it to him. The stick? Uh, now they're doing it like uh, Night Rider. The George a Romero joust. Movie. A joust. There's a really cool George Romero movie called Night Riders where... Uh, they are. It's a Renaissance fair that has medieval fighting on motorcycles, mm-hmm. and it's 
they use like fences and they they motorcycle against each other. It's a pretty cool film. You suggest I see it? Yeah, I do actually. It's a great film. What's it called? I Night Riders. It. Yeah, so it's like Night with without a K. And they're and or maybe there's a K because they play knights. I, I think that's what it is. So it's Night Riders. Stephen King's in it. <clears throat> I'll check it out. Yeah. I saw that on the Robert Rodriguez network. He had a network called El Rey Network, and they would play like Grindhouse movies. Yep, just happened to have a bond on the glove compartment. That fits his character. I always thought there was like license and registration, <laughs> and uh, like, you can have a bottle in here because I need a stiff one right about now. Here you go. You give it. To, you give the license and registration to the officer, and then you go into your glove compartment and you pull out some booze and you drink. Now he got shot in the arm, but now he's shot in the shoulder. Maybe there was a second shot. No, I think he got shot in that area. I in guess the shoulder from the start. Looks gotcha. Like, looks painful. Speaking of painful, is how much more time? Like, I'm getting battery notices on my, my uh, laptop. I mean, my mini radio studio computer. There's like 12 minutes left. All right. There you go. Now he's about to get That's punched in the basketball. head 37 times in 30 seconds, what? plus a roundhouse really? kick and a boot to the skull. Oh, right. Yeah, but that's outside the Dutchman's car. Right. Come on, Zoe Bell. Zoe Bell hops in like fucking Dukes of Hazard, right? Right, so the passengers exactly like there. Dukes of Hazard. Looks like them Duke girls are in a heck of trouble. Heap of trouble. A whole heap of mess and trouble. Steaming mess of trouble. The... Now, they're going to have to buy this car because they fuck it up. I know. That's the thing. So, uh, <laughs> so Lucy McLean's sacrifice was not in vain because he's going to make a sale. Right. That's true. Well, he only wanted it for the, the fight. Oh, so I guess we're going to smash the drive-in. But the weird thing is, like, who the fuck lives out here? I haven't seen another driver at all. And this is notably during the day, Well, the first half is during night. Or day into night. Lots of livestock. Yeah. You know, he treated the, the extras like cattle. <laughs> Oil rigs and a lone drive-in movie theater. He's going to crash through the sign right through it, right through it. Which is a double feature. It's a nice touch by the end of this grindhouse experience. You go, oh yeah, double feature fucking sucks. I'll never see another one again. <laughs> Although I love double feature. What a way to spend the afternoon. Now this is Kurt Russell's chance to get away. And he blows it. He doesn't get away. He keeps going down the same road. Well, his <clears throat> GPS told him to turn right. <clears throat> But I mean, he could have turned and gone parallel or perpendicular, perpendicular and gotten away. I would just go right into the lake. You're right. Yeah. Here comes the crash. 
Whoa. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm not here. Oh, look, there's actual cars. There's people. They're in civilization. Strange. Ouch. Whoa. I don't think that was in the theatrical. Look at that funny blood. Yeah, it's so red. Maybe he just got a tattoo and it's leaning on, on his arm. Shirt. Look at all these pedestrians. <laughs> no. Yeah, you got actual cars. Innocent bystander uh, cars. Uh, yeah. Well, this could be the Matrix too, and they are driving the simulation, so it doesn't matter. They all turn into Agent Smith. Watch how these cars, some of them, like really spin out. Cool. So I wonder where Lebanon is. Here. here we go. Yeah. Excuse me. He's got. Excuse me. He's whoa. He spins up. My sticker showing two children in the back seat did nothing. Your stick figure family. You better scrape off one, dude. <laughs> scrape off that dog. <laughs> Oh, you know that bumper sticker that says your child is an honor student at uh, right. Wolf of the Elementary? I think you need to change the text of that. Bye! <laughs> this goes yeah, on too long. Funny. Too long. Yeah, well, it's car is death proof, Carl. I mean, it's a uh, man's dream. He, now he thinks he got away, and he's he got a, he's all happy, and then, ah, oh, damn it! They're back. I know, but he—he's not as cool as he was in Austin. No, I think he was a he's phony not, and that's—I think Tarantino's trying to, you know, make the bad guy get what's coming to him, which is just like doing yeah, but... exactly what the bad guy did. He goes, "I was just so kidding. These... I was just playing." I know. They're gonna kill him. Yeah. So are they seeking revenge for the first set of women who they did? I mean, maybe they saw the first half of the movie. Right. They, they knew might what have was seen going the on. first half. Yeah. Whoa! This movie's out of control. Yeah, they got the extra cars going. People say this is a great chase scene. Bullet is a great chase scene. There's a point to it. Bad guys need to be chased. right. A point. To it. Boom. Yeah. Wolf Creek. Why are they down for the count? Wolf Creek. It's a creepy movie, and there's a sequel to it. the The hero doesn't really win. He gets arrested and, and framed for the murder that the old man did. Oh. And, he also gets and they say it's based on a true story. That's the only reason why I give it away. Here's another chance for Kurt Russell to get away, and he won't take it. Right. And he's talking to the camera? Is he going to look in the camera again? Like it's fucking trading places? No, yeah. Oh, there they are. Sonic the Hedgehog. They're, above, they're up there in the green hill with them one. Smashy, smashy. <laughs> you know how there's different levels? Like you could, you could go down the bottom of the hill or you could go on top of the hill? I don't. I, I'm, I'm no good with those. I... I missed that whole boat. Yeah, well, it, don't worry. It's a dumb reference anyway. My mind is racing. 
I, I got away with it, right? He's giving a little curl and wrestle laugh. Whoa. No! Oh, he's oh, fine. We'll, yeah. The wheel's he's fine. We'll side up. Yeah. And she's fine, too. You know, I haven't seen him barefoot in like an hour. Yeah, what's up, Quentin? Just the half shots? Give me a break. I guess your footage is over. You must have squirted. <laughs> right, let's see what the movie over. Yeah, this cartoon, like, punching 37 times. 30 yeah, seconds. in 30 seconds. You bought sugar-free Kool-Aid? Take that. I asked for paper towels, not napkins. <laughs> Road raid. <laughs> this is for the first set of women. Probably Kurt Quinton's like, let's do it again. And Kurt was like, please, no. No. Yay, the end. It has a cheesy ending. Like, he. Is the so end? Oh, there he is. Back. That's a that French pop song that's in the Simple Favor. Yeah, last shot. There we go. There's the credits. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, Don't we had just watched. Well, this is uh, see Rose Pam, Rose uh, when now, they we'll before the projector Vanessa in it. again. Vanessa's the only star who's one of these women at the end. She's in a call. Oh yeah. Well, you know, when you go to the theaters in the seventies, the projectionists would show these reels to kind of align the camera. There she is. She's yeah. in the car. So. So it's like, uh, so the projectionist could focus, and also right. guys could get to look at some movies. So that's what the reference is. Uh, God, hey, Carl, what would you think of this movie? I thought it was gratuitous and dumb, and I I enjoyed parts of it, and I really enjoyed how he made it retro. I think that was a very good job. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it's a dream movie where it's like a bad dream you would have where it's just the same thing happens over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so if I feel like to be in that state, and it's not as obnoxious as some other movies he's made, but this one's pretty bad for sure. Yeah. Uh, boo hit this movie. And well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been a... the least of his films. Yeah, even Quentin Tarantino agrees with us. See, Quentin, and I'm glad I said no. So I was right. But... <laughs> I'll let you know let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Carl, I'm very excited to know. Carl, thank you so much, audience. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Michael. See you next time. Bye-bye. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike is morning and
forest was extra dark today as the sun dipped behind some clouds. But Oscar and his dog Crypto had made this trip many times before, so navigation was not an issue. Soon, they came to a bridge and gingerly stepped into its creaking mass of wood. As was his custom, Oscar stopped halfway across to stare at the shallow creek that flowed maybe 10 feet below. It was at this point that Oscar realized that they were not alone. Coming from the other end of the bridge between them and their tuna fish sandwiches was Icky Larry Teeter. He was with three of his cronies that Oscar vaguely recognized and they were approaching quickly. Oscar considered his options, but there was really nothing the pair could do but hold their ground and hope for the best. The four of them, faster and stronger than any 12-year-old, were all wearing big, unfriendly smiles. Oscar knew that nothing happy was going to take place on the bridge today. Doug the Bug lives in a rug. Doug the Bug lives in a rug.
flatblackclassicmutinyradio.fm where we got the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival starting up tomorrow for the uh, alliterative 2020 year. First through the seventh, people. 76 national comedians together. 66 comedy shows, streaming, radio, podcasts. 10 in the morning, 10 night, Saturday, Sunday to Saturday, here at the station where you're supposed to be keeping it locked. MutinyRadio.fm. Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen.
I stretched my hands again. It was morning. Little Hollywood. Silent winter night. Bang! A wanton heavy silver door opened. Peta peta peta. A fast moving red shiny slimy creature came in through the door. Bang! The door closed. Right. 
that fist all the time. They might have damn near anything. You don't know what they're going to have, but it should be all right. It might be kind of sanitary and good to eat. They're going to feed you. Anyway, you don't have to worry about that. Now you get all the beer and you get the food and you're all straight except you got to have some kind of music and the record players don't damn good at all. So you call up all your musician friends and say, hey man, would you like to go to a party? Because if you come to my party, I'm going to feed you and I'm going to let you drink for nothing, okay? They say, all right, you got that all straight. You got Baby, there's a million lights to light the way. They buzz and flicker, twinkle and dance at the end of every day. 
finds out where the coolest animals are. And it's not your ordinary zoo. Look at the tiger and the pretty princess and the rainbow cockatoo. The vampires and zombies are all out too. It's not Halloween, but let's say, how do you do? This is the big city, baby, where your wildest dreams come true. How do you do? This is the big city, baby, where your wildest dreams come true.
thoughts at noon. Was he ready to Have you seen everything? The yellow sedum sat in the sun, looking strong. La Bagnarita. Once upon a time, there was a man who wanted to take a shower. But when he went inside the bathroom, the shower was missing. Where did it go? He wondered. Being a reasonable man, he did the only thing a reasonable man would do. He gently stepped into the corner where the shower once had been, stood up straight, opened his mouth, and out came pure and clean, crystal clear water. As the water warmed up, the shy little shower popped its head through the bathroom door, looked around, and gently stepped inside the bathroom. Stood under the water and got clean. The end.
keep a date with my little girl who was uh, back in the States. I was stranded in the jungle, afraid uh, alone, trying to figure a way to get a message back home. But uh, I was out of know that the wreckage of my plane had been picked up and spotted in my girl and lover's lane. And meanwhile, back in the States. Back in the jungle. The boys in the jungle had me on the run when something heavy hit me like an atomic bomb. When I woke up and my head started to clear, I had a strange feeling I was with cooking gear. I smelled something cooking and I looked to see. That's when I found out they was uh, cooking me. Meanwhile, back in the States. He's 
the toughest man that is alive. Wearing clothes from a wildcat's hide. He's the king of the jungle jive. Look at that caveman go. He rides through the jungle tearing limbs off of trees. Knocking great big monsters dead on their knees. The cats don't bug him cause they know better. Cause he's a mean motor scooter and a bad go-getter. He's the toughest man there is alive. Wears clothes from a wildcat's hide. He's the king of the jungle jive. Look at that king man. That caveman go. He show is here, ain't he? Like what's happening? What's happening? Uh -huh.